with the cost of building skyrocketing in 2022 and supply still in high demand in 2023. Interest rates rising and uncertainty in the market. It's becoming near impossible to decide what to do with your purchased property. At first, you had big dreams to rebuild, possibly redevelop. Now, the dollar signs are overflowing out of your brain, out of your pocket and down the drain. There has to be a better way. Today, we are going to ponder the thought of how to reimagine a detonation project as a renovation project. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. At Real Copyright, we go the extra mile to make sure your vendors maximise their earning power through targeted copy, emotive research and clever strategies. If you want your copy to be individually tailored to your property in this diverse marketplace, check out www.realcopyright.com.au to find out more. Alistair McLean is the principal of Secret Design Studio, a small boutique design consultancy focused on mid-century design, including architecture and interiors. His practice, while based in Melbourne, helps clients across Australia with design advice that is sympathetic to their mid-century homes through his Dr. Retro Consultations. Welcome, Alistair. How are you today? Great. Thanks, Sue. Lovely to be back again. Thank you for coming back. And, you know, we actually had a lot of great downloads from your last episode, so we're very excited about having you back. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So today we're talking about reimagining your detonation project into a renovation project. So, Alistair, what has been your experience when people buy a property to detonate and discover that their budget they had planned to rebuild is beyond their means? Well, there is a whole range of emotions, but a lot depends on the people involved. So I find that people who are involved like this are, there's generally three sorts. Mm -hmm. The first sort who are the easiest to work with are people who have purchased a house, an old home, with the idea of pushing it over and um, at some time, and they've moved into the house. And once they've moved in and lived there for 12 months or so, they've realised, in fact, that the house they live in, even though it's an old house, has got a lot of charm, a lot of positive features, and maybe a beautiful garden, and actually it would be a shame to push it over. Um, and now they're looking to, instead of building a new home, renovating it. Yeah. And they're the easiest to work with because they like the home mm. um, and they want, to, they want the best for the home. Yeah. The second sort of people are people who have purchased a home with the idea of knocking it over. Yeah. They haven't moved in. They've gone down the track of, um, you know, maybe looking at the project home builders and so forth or paying a deposit. Yes. Um, and uh, we've had a lot of turmoil in the building industry, a lot of price rises, and sometimes builders come, come back with very much higher figures than they expected or a builder might go broke um, or a build, some builders have even been rescinding contracts saying, well, you've paid a deposit for this much yes. because of the increase in prices. We can no longer build your home at this price, mm. so we're going to have to 
follow the contractor and and um, yeah. and, and so those people they're naturally disappointed yes and they're exploring options but they don't necessarily love the house they haven't lived in the house but mm. they want to know what the option is so they're 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 um you know that that's out of their control the situation because the the, the builder um and the third lot which is the hardest to work with i found are people who have maybe rushed into it they've made an assumption that they can build the house of their dreams for a certain amount and then, after they've purchased the property, they start doing their research and, in fact, realise that the house of their dreams is is unobtainable. Yes. So suddenly they've got a property that they, a house they hate. Mm. Their dreams are smashed, um, and it's it's very difficult to to work with that. Yes. And like you know, I find that people have the the pretty stuff in mind when yes. they think of their dream home. Like, I want to have that beautiful falcon stove or I want to have... The freestanding bath. In the, the freestanding the, in bath. The and... Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the reality is there's so much that goes on before any of that happens. It's the pretty stuff which people pay attention to, but it's the other stuff which is really important. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, so what characteristics in a property are people looking for if they want to detonate? Generally, it is land size mm-hmm. and location. Yeah. And everything else is pretty much irrelevant. Yeah. Um, but often people who are buying to detonate may not even go in the house mm. because it's irrelevant. It's not going to be there. Yeah. Um, so they pay no attention to the house and its siding and its orientation. Yeah. Um, or the garden. Yes. And, and some people will buy um, basically without actually visiting the property. They'll just see oh. them, a certain amount of land for sale in a certain location yeah. um, and and uh, not even go there. I'll tell you a story about a, a developer who bought a property like that, sight unseen, um, two days before settlement, went to inspect the property, realised it was actually on a sloping block <sighs> and didn't actually feel it would be conducive to his price budget to... Build because the excavation required, or yes. you know, the the customising of the build of the design and all that stuff that he had to do was not going to be worth it. Yep. So yep. as yep. soon as he settled, yep, chucked it back on the market. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah. there are lots of other aspects that you need to be aware of with a parcel of land if you are planning to build, such yeah. as the slope. Yes. You know, uh, s- slope adds building cost. Mm. And the steeper the slope, the more building cost you'll be paying with retaining walls and excavation. Yes. And the other, of course, is the orientation. Yes. Uh, in today, when we're trying to build more energy-efficient houses, the orientation is the most important aspect mm. when you're looking to buy a property. Yes. I know. And uh, there was a whole couple of decades where that was not even considered mm. important. That's right. Yeah. Yep, yep. And now, and as a result of that, we've got houses that you know have a whole lot of glass facing west and things like that. And yes. It's very, very hard to cool in summer. Mm. Yeah. But even the back to front floor plans, where you know your living's at the front and the bedrooms are at the back. Yeah. You know, it's not conducive to the open plan yeah. entertaining that we like exactly. today. Exactly. Yes. So yeah. you know, it's got to remove all the bedrooms, put them at the yep. front. Yep. <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Uh, are there any? Other variables we should consider for just in case. The just yeah. in case, having the northern orientation to yeah. the rear, you can't. If you don't have that, you can't make it. Yeah. So that's the prime thing to have. Yeah. If you can't have north, then maybe east. But yeah. in Melbourne, 
Yeah, definitely go north. north to the rear, so you've mm-hmm. got the opportunity of having your informal living out to a, a, a backyard that's going to get uh, a lot of sun and um, be able to warm those rooms that are facing to the rear. Yes. So that's that's the, the most important thing. Yeah. Um, and as we said, the the, the slope, um, but also things like your neighbours. Mm. So um, if you've got a three-storey block of apartments next door, you know. Maybe it's not such a great buy because of problems mm. with privacy and overlooking and overshadowing. Yeah, um, that's more likely to happen in the in the inner suburbs. But yeah. you know, be aware of what's not next door. Also, be aware that if you've got a little house next door uh, in a good area on a big parcel of land which is run down, there's every chance that in the future yeah. it might also be purchased and knocked down and a large house put there as well. Yes. So also take that into account. So take you know the. The zoning, find out what your zoning is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're buying a residential house on a residential block of land, the zoning should be residential. Yes. Um, so it should be a fairly straightforward matter of building a, yeah. a new house on but that parcel of land. But if there's a block of units already, like, or apartments next door to you, it may be zoned for higher density. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know... Again, that little house next door to you might end up being high density and then you're sandwiched in the middle. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. that's true. So um, the other thing about neighbours too is have a chat with them. Mm. See if they have objections to yes. certain things. Yes. Or... I had some clients, lovely clients, and uh, their property, the rear it faced east, mm. the, um, the side boundary faced north. So the normal result would be to... Um, design the house to get as much north light. Mm-hmm. But the problem was that their northern neighbours was a share household of Uber drivers. Oh. And um, these men used to come and go at all times of the night and mm. party. Mm. There were about four or five Uber drivers living together. Wow. Um, all single men, and they were the worst neighbours. Yeah. So it really affected how <laughs> the design in that we actually wanted to block off any yeah. sort of noise or contact or anything yeah. with the people on the northern which, side. Which could also mean loss of natural light. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So, yes, not ideal. I actually did a house the other day where um developer had two houses on it and the house on the corner was a, a share house and it was really run down. Yeah. Um, apparently it got to the point that everyone had to be evicted and now it's looking like a skeleton of its former self. Um, But, yeah, he goes, yeah, that's the worst neighbour in the whole of the suburb. Yes. And um, I don't really envy the person who buys this house, but I need to sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't renovate out your neighbours. No, you can't. But anyway, it is what it is. Yes. As we've already spoken about, the, the builders, the building costs is where it's escalating and it's costing too much money. As we were talking about with neighbours, can they actually object to the design before it happens, which can go through VCAT, therefore it, it you know makes costs even worse? Depends what the work is, but providing you, you keep within uh, the regulations yes. as far as overlooking and overshadowing yeah. and, and um, uh, what's required... Um, then it doesn't need to have a any sort of planning permit or anything mm-hmm. with council, and there's no avenue for 
uh, the neighbours to review your plans and, and place objections, yeah. okay, providing you're within the rules. If you start to move outside those rules, yes. then it does trigger yeah. um, a planning permit. Um, yeah. So those, those outside those rules would be if you were putting two houses on the property instead of replacing yeah. the original uh, one. Yes, um, yeah. or if you're building um, a lot of boundary construction mm. or you're building uh, something that's too close to the boundary as yeah. opposed to, to the setbacks that are required. Building uh, too high? Building too too high, too close to the boundary. Rooftop decks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, overlooking and things like that. Yeah. Um, overlooking is really a two-way issue. So yeah. if you can see into your neighbour's backyard, they can probably see from your their backyard into into your yes. house. Yeah. So it's it's a matter of mutual respect yes. for your neighbour when you're doing the design. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, now, how can we reimagine the property as a renovator if we have the key fundamentals of what is required. So we've got a house in the middle of the block. We've got the north-facing backyard. We've got the big block of land. We've got nice neighbours. <laughs> They're all there. But the cost is blown out. How can we reimagine? Okay. Yeah. Well, my f- first tip is to understand the nature and character of your home. Mm. If it's an older home, it will have some charm and some features. Mm. If you've got an old home like that and you want to make it completely contemporary and modern, Mm. like a new home, it's going to cost you a lot of money to do that. Yes. So you're much better off working with the style as a starting point and building on that style Mm. rather than trying to do something ultra-contemporary with an older home. Mm. The other problem is it's very hard to pull that off if you try to get an old home to make it look ultra-contemporary. Yes. Because there's always proportions and materials and things like that 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 say what the house was. Yeah. And I see this very often when there are 1950s homes that have been rendered. Yes. Okay? The the render is a nice, fresh, contemporary finish. Yes. But we've still got the proportions, the same old windows, the same roof, the same eaves and so yeah. forth like that, that say, hey, this is not really a contemporary home. This yeah. is a 1960s home that- trying to look like a contemporary home but not doing a very good job. Yeah. So you're better off... You know, saving your render money yeah. and putting it into a new kitchen or something like that, yeah. um, which is going to, you know, improve the functionality of the home yeah. um, and your and your lifestyle, than trying to make the home look like something that it's not. And so, so, working with your existing style is your your best, best starting thing. point. Yeah. Um, and some people have trouble with that because they've got their heart set on a brand new contemporary home. Yeah. So it's adjusting their expectations to working with what you've got. Yeah. You can still have a lovely home. It might mm. not be the style that you originally had your heart set on, yeah. but uh, it, it was, with the right choices, it can still be a, a lovely, comfortable family home. And treat it like a stepping stone. If it's not going to be this project, it might be your next, next project. One, yeah. 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 Um, I had a, a, a f- an old friend who, I think it was a 1940s solid uh, post-war home, um, decided to render it and within two months. It was drought, everything shriveled up, cracks came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's like, it's not worth rendering yeah. a brick home. And yeah. it's just, it's rendering, rendering is not cheap. No. And for that money, you can do so much more inside a home to make it yeah. more comfortable, you know? And what's, you can change the window frames, for instance, and make them a bit more modern and mm. keep the original brick, mm. Mm. Under, you know, there. Yeah. But anyway... We cringe at what we see sometimes, don't we? Hmm. Okay. Um, Now, what happens if we don't have the key fundamentals? How can we make make some changes? Say we've bought a property knowing we're going to demolish it. 
and then we have to keep the house. The house is in the middle of the block. You know, the front yard, the, the living rooms are... Rocking around. Rocking around. They're yeah. all around, you know. Yeah. Uh, what what can we do? Okay. Well, I have a system of um, what I call my renovation priorities when you've got an old house. Yeah. What you need to look at. Mm. And work out to sort of evaluate if it's worth doing. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think of it as a pyramid, mm. and the base of that pyramid is the structure. The first yes. question is: It structurally sound? Yes. So, for instance, if the house needs restumping, <clears throat> that's very important. You do that as a very first thing before you think of anything inside. Yeah. You might want a nice new kitchen or a nice new bathroom, but there's no point in putting those things in until the house is restomped first because yes. walls are going to move a little bit and things yeah. will crack. So th- structure is is the most important aspect. Of- and put the support in for your lovely bar. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, things like, you know, look at the structure first. Um, there are companies around that um, will also um, do uh, re-leveling and so forth. So if mm-hmm. you've got a corner of the house dropping down, there are people that can quote on leveling it up and making the, the ground more solid and so yes. forth. Um uh, and that sort of stuff is really your know, first base. You need mm. to get that right before before you go um, any further. Yes. The second thing up the ladder, up the pyramid, yeah. is waterproof. Mm. Does the roof leak? Yes. Get your roof fixed first because a leaking roof can cause lots and lots of damage down the track. Gravity works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so make sure... Yeah. The, the roof doesn't leak and, and you've got a dry house. So yeah. you've got a structurally sound house and a dry house to start with. Mm. Um, and then you can look look up and look at the infrastructure, such as your plumbing and your wiring. Mm. Does it need to be rewired, replumbed, your connections? Um, yeah. And then f- uh, also taking into account things like sustainability and how much insulation you need to put mm. in and then change the windows. Yeah. And then at the top... Look at the pretty stuff, the yeah. kitchens and the bathrooms, which are nice to have, but there's no point in spending good money on those unless that basic oh, stuff is there. is done first. Yeah. I actually, um, uh, a, a colleague of mine, uh, he's just recently moved his weatherboard home in yep. Northcote or Thornbury yep. or something like that, just slightly to the front, so to make room for the big extension and the yep. pull out the back. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, that's another thing. Or, you know, I think he even did a bit of a 90-degree turn on it or something. So many people don't even know about services like that. Uh, There's a company um, called Moving Views. Yeah. And they specialise in not just house relocations but also moving a house on a property. Mm. So... um, this is most appropriate for your weatherboard houses. Yes. You can't move a brick house. Um, I beg to differ. I did read something yesterday which was, like, quite amazing. Uh, in the 1930s, there was a, a telephone company, like, massive, five, uh, five or six storeys high. I think they said it was... Fifth. Was it in America, in Chicago or something? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I read about and that. And they said that they moved this brick sculpture while people were working in there. Yes, yes. 15 inches per hour. Yep, yep. I've seen photos of that. They built a whole of structure underneath. So... Yeah. You can move a brick house. It will cost you a lot of money, but you can't move a brick house to another location. Yes. Um, without pulling the bricks off. Without pulling the bricks off. Yeah. Um, but look, with the cost of timber today, yeah. you know, it maybe it's becoming worthwhile to, to take the bricks off, yeah. move the timber and the rest of the house. Yeah. Um, 
and re-brick it. And re-brick it mm. or, or cloud it in, in, in weatherboard in the new yeah. location yeah. because yeah, building costs are so, so expensive. Yeah. But, yeah, certainly um, that that is something that a lot of people aren't aware of, that um, you can either move a house on site mm. um, to optimise the opportunities of the land yes. or rotate it around yeah. um, a little bit um, or or move it to another site. Mm. And uh, a company like Moving Views uh, will actually has a stock of weatherboard homes, so they will purchase a home yeah. and um, off you. Yeah, um, relocate to their site. Relocate it to their site until somebody buys it. Yeah. And if you go to their, their website, you can see they've got, you know, 10 very charming homes mm. um, available. So their requirements for buying your home um, is that it's, uh, easy to move, generally yes. needs to be split down the middle, yeah. um, and that it's got some period charm that will appeal to people. Mm. Um, and these generally tend to be more modest homes, although yes. I have seen they did have a big one for a five-bedroom weatherboard home that was two or three pieces yeah. recently, yeah. which would be great for country relocation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is that opportunity if you've got an old weatherboard that... Yeah. Um, may be able to be used. They did that on the block this year. They showed, well, last year, I should oh, say. that's right, yeah. Yeah, they did that, but then they put these monstrosities of, of contemporary extensions on yes. them, which didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's good to see that we're repurposing these old homes rather than yes. just yeah. detonating. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, now we're going to have a small break. After the break, we're going to talk with Alistair about what processes you need to make when buying a property. So you're listening to Real Estate, right? I'm your host, Sue Langada, and I'm with the amazing Alistair McLean from Secret Design Studio, and we are talking about reimagining your destination project as a renovation project. So, Alistair, what types of properties should we be looking to purchase if we want plan A and plan B? That is, plan A to detonate, plan B to renovate. Okay. So we've got the orientation, we've got the land size... We've got the um, nice neighbours for the detonation project, but if we're looking at it for the plan B, we actually need to step inside the house. And what should we be looking for? Okay. Well, a lot of older homes tend to be fairly small. Mm. Making a house larger is expensive. Mm -hmm. So my first tip would be to get something that is the right size. Yes, um, that you can reconfigure the rooms. Okay. I had some clients in Nutterwadding, and they actually had uh, bought a very substantial weatherboard home. Uh, they didn't know it was weatherboard at the time because it had the aluminium cladding that was falling off all over, the, all yes. over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that house, like a lot of houses you see on the market, had been built, I think it was a, quite a nice three-bedroom weatherboard home, and at some stage has been extended to include a granny flat with another two bedrooms. Yeah. It's very typical. Like that extension would have been done in the yeah. 60s or yeah, 70s. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So when we looked at the overall squareage, mm. as a single-family home, there was a lot of space there. Mm. And for, the, for them, um, I put together 
about four or five really good concepts. So without making the house any larger, yeah. but by reconfiguring the space inside, yeah. um, ended up with a very lovely family home. Nice. Um, which was good. And because they weren't making the house any larger, mm. um, it was a fairly cost-effective renovation. Yeah, nice. So my first point would be look for a large home. Yes. Um, look for a house that's been restumped. Yes. Um, I think some of the bargains that are out there are some of the homes which aren't very visually appealing immediately, and uh, the polite term for them is the Mediterranean mansions. Yeah. So in the 60s and 70s, there are a lot of uh, new immigrants coming in yes. that d- had done well for themselves, yeah. and a lot of them like to um, build... Arches. Yeah, arches. Arches. They like to build substantial, very large usually double brick homes that were pretty mm-hmm. much bomb-proof with concrete slabs yeah. and so forth. Lots of arches, lots of tiles lots and of things concrete. like that. Lots of concrete. Yep, yep. <laughs> the white concrete balusters. You know, yes. the, you know the Mediterranean mansion. I'm I know. About. Yes, the patio. I think of the patio on the castle where they put the lovely little balustrade. It's around this, this you know, yep. pretty two-metre by two-metre thing and going, oh, no, they love the serenity, but, yeah. So these sort of homes <laughs> um, are wonderful buying because they generally don't appeal to the market mm. because people don't like the aesthetic. Yeah. But they're generally very large and spacious. Yes. They're generally built so solidly. Yeah. And they're very underrated. Yes. So so uh, that would also be be looking at... Uh, yeah. So you'll find those sort of things in like <coughs> Dingley or Glen Waverley or... you find them everywhere, yeah, every suburb. Oakley. They're, they're often on corner sites. Yeah. They, they, they were built to make a statement. Yes. Nobody likes the statement today. No. Um, not that kind of statement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but with some careful work. Yeah. Um, because you've already got the... Because they generally have good bones as far as the size yeah. and the structure and the solidity. Yeah. It's a great starting point. Definitely. Um if we're going to go like those oldest houses, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, high ceilings, if you have like the standard height of what I call a cookie cutter home would be 2.4. 2. 2. 2.4. Yeah. Yeah. So most people like anything over 2.7. Everyone loves a high ceiling. Everyone loves a high ceiling. Yeah. Three metres would be great. You know, I always sort of, the way I do my copy is anything, Victorian was 12 feet, Edwardian was 11 feet, Art Deco 10 feet, you know, the, uh, you know, because building materials were becoming less prevalent, yeah, so then yeah. they kept dropping the ceiling. Yeah. And then by the by the 40s, after the war, we're really looking at the 2.7, the 9 feet. And since then, 2.4. 2.4. A lot, of, a lot of houses in the 70s and 80s and so forth yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you can try and get something with high that ceilings, height yeah. ceilings, because yeah. it costs a lot of money to replace, you know, to build those. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, That's true. And uh, cathedral ceilings are an interesting thing because yeah. they give a lovely sense of volume. Yeah. Um, and they and sometimes they you know they feel glorious, but they can be hard to heat and cool and insulate yes. and so forth. So yeah. approach those with caution. Caution. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I understand that too. I did a great little Renault uh, as an Osora house yesterday um, in Mornington and. Um, had the lovely cathedral ceilings and they they put barn doors in things like it, from the outside it looked like a really daggy 80s yeah um oh, sort of estate home yep but they did a beautiful job inside and it was sitting on the high on the east side of Nepean highway okay and it still had bay views lovely 
so on the wrong side of the highway, but still had bay views. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was on a single level. So just imagine if they went up. Yep, yep. Like that would be a great buy for somebody. But yeah. But build it, making the house bigger is expensive. Yeah. Yep. Especially building oh. a first floor. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, they did a great job of this thing. They turned this little three-bedroom thing into a three-bed-plus study, two-bath, two-living-area house. Still had plenty of land for the kids to run around on. But, um, yeah, and you can make the study, because it was the original main bedroom, that could be your staircase. Anyway, next person if they want to. But it's a great little buy for now. What are the, some of the advantages to renovating an existing home? So setbacks can be maintained, ceiling heights. Are yeah, high. look, uh, you're, you're, those sort of things are very much a real estate focus, but it's also yeah. a much larger thing to consider, yeah. which people never really talk about. Okay. And it sounds funny, but it's it's uh, sustainability yes. and climate warming. Mm. So what we're saying today is... Um, Materials are getting more expensive to, to purchase. Yes. Um, there's a shortage, worldwide shortage of timber. Yeah. Steel prices are going up. Okay. And you've got to understand why we've got a shortage of timber, because timber plantations are being burnt down in bushfires. Well, that's one of the reasons, but also we haven't <laughs> been planting enough as well. Yeah. And demand has been going up. Mm. Okay. So it's a perfect storm oh. uh, of all those factors yeah. um, around the world. So when you build a house, the materials have got what we call an embodied energy. Yeah. So steel, to manufacture steel, mm. um, there's a huge amount of energy that goes into that. Yeah. When we demolish a house, most of the materials end up as landfill. Yes. Okay? So you're throwing away, essentially, a lot of embodied energy mm. to the tip and getting rid of it. Yeah. Okay? And then you're buying a whole lot more new materials. Yeah. Right? So um, this is really unsustainable. Yes. And we're seeing movements in Europe and America starting where um, the idea of reusing and retrofitting existing buildings mm. is the actual greenest solution. Yes. Because most of the stuff is already there. Yes. It's just making it work for its its new use mm. in, in a better way rather than throwing away a whole lot of stuff yeah. and buying a whole lot more stuff. Yes. So there's the green thing, which is a really important thing, which is very underutilised, underrealised yeah. in Australia. Yes. Um, and, and it's funny. It's a generational thing too. Like I know my mum's always been massive on recycling and all that sort of stuff. And even my ex-mother-in-law, she was – because they had to do without. There was a yeah. lot of having yeah. to do without. Yeah. Um, and somehow through the 80s we became a very throwaway society. Yeah, yeah, yeah And, yeah. you know, we need to go back to those roots. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, a house that everybody knows mm. is the one that Kath and Kim lived in from the TV series. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Now, that was a 1980s home. It was a daggy home, but it yeah. was a large, comfortable home. Mm-hmm. We, we're all familiar with the series. Yes. That was demolished last year. Oh, no. Okay? Yeah. So that home was demolished for something new. Yeah. So a whole lot of... Building materials and and uh, everything, you know, yeah. chucked, landfill. Yeah. And then a whole lot of new stuff come in. Yeah. So that's really wasteful. Yes. A home like that could easily have been renovated, repurposed, yeah. reused yeah. to be a lovely family home yeah. uh, without the cost and without all the, the waste in addition to, to global warming and stuff yeah. like that. So, so, so there's all that sort of thing to consider to about. Consider. And, and in Australia, we largely ignore that. Yeah. You know? So, for instance, if we were to build a, a four-bedroom, 
they'd like to do three bathrooms these days, sort of home. In you know, it's, for instance, that house in Nutterwarning that you did. Yeah. If we were to, what was the cost for those people to build their dream home versus doing the renovation on that large floor plan? It would have been probably about twenty five percent of the total value because it was a very cost-effective renovation, moving walls and new bathrooms yeah. to the inside yeah. rather than the cost of demolition. Yeah. Um, and when you build a new home, you lose all the garden. Yes. So it's not just the... It's when people are looking at this sort of project of building a new home, what they shouldn't do is go off to a project home place yes. and say, how much is it? And the, and the person will say, well, it's from $600,000. Mm. I don't tell you that as it's displayed, it's a million dollars with all the bells and whistles. And they don't tell you that the landscaping, the established gardens... The driveway. Uh, you know, isn't included yes. in that price. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, probably about 25% because they already had good bones to start with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the wonderful things about that house is that... Um, it was covered in this daggy um, aluminium siding, which was falling off. But when we started to take it off, we realised that the weatherboards were underneath. Perfect. Just needed a paint. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And the people had been sold the aluminium cladding, the previous owners, yeah. um, as a, you never need to paint again. Yes. But it didn't actually wear that well. Yeah. You know, and it looked dreadful. I know. Uh, and underneath was perfectly good weatherboard. Yeah. And it ended up a really smart smart home yeah I'll, I'll tell you a story about when I um, when I was young and you know learning the world's ways uh, I actually worked for an aluminium cladding oh company. really actually I think it was uh, vinyl cladding not yes. aluminium yep. and so I was telemarketing to people in um, in Tasmania and we're talking uh, mid 90s yep. and you know that Ringing up people, I had no idea. Like they weren't Hobart or Launceston, or they were little towns in the middle of nowhere, right? Yeah. Their houses were probably worth forty grand. Yeah, yeah. And we're trying to tell them that they, you know, we'll do your whole house for forty grand. Yeah, yeah. In aluminium, in vinyl cladding, and you'll never need to paint again. You'll never have to paint again. And like until I knew all of that, you know, how how much their houses were, I was doing really well. I was selling it like yeah, you know, yeah. I was a superstar. Yeah. And um, getting commissions and all that yeah. stuff and then I found out how much their house is worth. I'm like, Oh I can't do that. Like it's just one portion of the house <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about vinyl cladding. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah. This is an old story. It's when you used to have daughter to salesmen who were selling encyclopedias. Yes. A long, long time ago, yep. before the internet. Yes. Right? And there was one man who was the superstar of salespeople. He used to do door to door. Yeah. And he was very, very successful, way ahead of the rest of the sales team. Yeah. And finally the manager said, how, how do you do so well? How do you know? Uh, uh, how do you get all these wonderful sales? He says, it's easy. I walk down the street and I only knock on the doors of people that have got vinyl cladding because I know they're the suckers for, <laughs> for sales. Oh, that's a bit like the uh, external shutters, isn't it? Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, you see that they say, oh, you know, we'll give you a 10% discount if we can put our little sign up on the yeah. on your fence yeah. um, for a minimum of three months or yeah. something, yeah. Yeah. you know. And then people forget to take their sign off. Yeah, it's there for years. <laughs> yeah. uh, what other options are there available for unwanted homes on land for redevelopment? So we've touched on the fact that you can sell them, sell move them, them, move them, yep. all that sort of stuff. Yep. Any other yep. kind of thoughts? Um, look, if it comes to demolition, mm-hmm. 
um, and I had to see an old house demolished. Yeah. Um, it's it's good to understand the import uh, how demolishers work. Yes. Okay. So a lot of demolition companies they like to reuse the materials inside the home mm. as much as they can. Yeah. Okay. So there are companies like Eco Group who uh, will uh, clean up old bricks yes. and sell them by the pallet and mm-hmm. so forth. When a demolisher is quoting on to demolish a home. They'll visit the home and they'll sit, they'll go through and they'll work out how much can be sold. You know, yeah. Can we pull up the floorboards and sell those? Yeah. Can we reuse the roof tiles? Yeah. Um, are there period fireplaces and things like yeah. that that we can use? And that's taken into account when they do their quote. Yes. So the most expensive home to demolish is one where all the good stuff has been removed Already. before. So if you're going to demolish a home, you don't take off the roof tiles and sell them on eBay and take out the period fireplace yeah. and sell them on eBay. You'll get a little bit of money for that. Yeah. Because when it comes to getting a demolition quote, they'll say, hey, it's been stripped. Yeah. There's nothing for us. Mm. So we have to charge the full, full price, price for yeah. it. So, so it's just, important to realise that. Yeah, just be uh, mindful. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not even the old stuff that they look into. They even look at, you know, is the gas heater still working yeah. well? Or the ducted heating system, is yeah. that still yeah, in can, pretty good can, nick? Can it be reused? Can yeah. we sell it? The, you know? the evaporative cooling, the yeah. Yeah. the kitchen appliances. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the companies like Hughes, Hughes uh, Demolition Warehouse, who've got lots and lots of stuff from old homes yeah. that they, they sell at reasonable prices yeah. um, for anybody who's doing period renovations. Yeah. No. Um, and the other option too is, like, especially with a period home, anything sort of pre-19, sort of 35, I guess, um, sometimes those beautiful front rooms are amazing. Oh, yes. Keep them. Yep. Maybe toss the rest out. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and look, I've seen a lot of houses which have got which are fantastic at the front, but people have done cheaper, nasty additions at mm. the rear that... Um, don't perform very well. You know, your, yeah. your sunroom with uh, all the glass and, yeah. and, the, and the aluminium roof and things like that. Yeah. You know, they're... The converted worth, porch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're not worth keeping, those no. sort of things, because yeah. they don't really work in Melbourne's winter yeah. or in Melbourne's summer. Yeah, but you've got the stumped, all the concrete foundations there yeah. to, yeah. you know, rebuild in those spaces yeah. if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. And yeah. the plumbing's there and all that sort yes. of stuff that, you know, yeah. cost. Yes. But, yeah. you know... Yeah. Yeah. I think there are so many benefits to renovating mm. um, compared with a new home. Yes. It's always going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah. You're always going to end up a home with more character than a new home. Yeah. New homes tend to be fairly bland. Sterile. Uh, at, at first. <laughs> um, and a lot of it is changing your expectations that, you know, People that build a new home, you know, like to have something that's shiny and new where nobody's ever used the toilet before and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, when a new home is like a car, as soon as you move in, it starts to degrade. Yes. It starts to need maintenance. Things get scuffed and marked and need painting at some stage and so forth. And it hasn't been lived in, so it has the function has hasn't been proven yet. Yeah, yeah. So an old home has got. Uh, like a patina, a character, a story of past families Mm. and things like that, um, which is a nice thing to have. Yeah. Um, Old homes have doors. Yes, (laughs) they do. (laughs) They do. I I get so annoyed when I see large new family homes where they have a downstairs open plan area, a big open wide hallway that leads to it, an upstairs retreat right at the top 
the noise flow yes. just yeah. goes right through the house. And, and the reason for that is that um, a lot of uh, the project builders will build a home that look very impressive. That looks very impressive and spacious mm. when it's on display. Yeah. Uh, in a display village. Yes. And you're just in awe of all the space that's yeah. there. But you don't, but you don't think things. about the practical functionality of it. Mm. Okay. So yeah, that's yeah. doors are really important. Uh, yeah. Um, for noise and for insulation. Yep. 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 Keep yeah. Controlling where the heat and cold yeah. goes. Yeah. 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 But so. um, that's that's. That's the character? Yes. The gardens. The gardens. Often gardens, you know, 60, 70 years old with some lovely established plants and mm. trees. And you can't reproduce that no, with not, a new home. Not straight away. Um, <laughs> not, as, not as big established trees. <laughs> not, uh, not, not over decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's another reason to, to consider renovating than, uh, than building new. Because when you yeah. build new, your land is moonscaped. Everything's taken off. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. starting on a patch of mud. Yep. That's not very exciting, is it? No. <laughs> no. Well, thank you so much, Alistair, for okay. your expert knowledge well, on renovating. Thank you, Sam. It's been a pleasure to see you again. Yes, yeah, okay. same here. Thank you. Um, now, how can Real Estate Right listeners get in touch with you if they'd like your services? Uh, they can visit my website, mm-hmm. which is www.secretdesignstudio.com, mm-hmm. uh, or drop me a message on my Facebook site, or even ring me on 0448 579 Beautiful. Thank you so much, and it's been great having you on again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Now, next week, we have a guest host interviewing me. Yes, me, about the benefits of great copywriting. We have Miriam Sankula from Property Mavens having a go at hosting Real Estate Right. Miriam is an award-winning buyer's advocate with franchises of Property Mavens down the eastern seaboard. We will be talking about how ChatGBT is changing the face of copywriting, how corporate franchises need consistency in their copywriting across all departments and how the right copywriting can make all the difference in the sale price. So don't miss it. Real Estate Right is brought to you by Real Copyright, one of Melbourne's leading real estate copywriting services. This podcast is produced and written by me, Sue Langada, with the help of our social media expert, Jade Bomanis. We would like to thank Podbean for distributing this podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Francis Morello for our introduction. We would love for you to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or on our website, realestatewrite.com.au. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Right. It's where buyers, sellers, renters, and investors get their real estate right. Let's make you feel the world.